Voice Live from CES is an official event within the greater CES program, where the world's top brand leaders will share insights about how they are engaging customers through voice-enabled devices in our homes, cars, hotels, and more. To learn more about how you can be a sponsor, speaker, or attend Voice Live from CES, visit voicesummit.ai slash CES. That's voicesummit.ai slash CES. Today, you'll hear composer and Sonic Brand content creator, Gina Isham, talk about her journey into Sonic Branding, what Sonic Branding is, why a business should have one, examples of what a Sonic Brand should sound like, how to discover your own Sonic Brand, and what music and sound does to our brain. Hi, Inside Voice podcast listeners. This is your co-host, Carrie Roberts. And today, I have on composer and Sonic Brand content creator, Gina Aisham. Welcome to the show, Gina. Thanks for being here. Hi. Thanks, Carrie. This is great. Thanks for having me over. So you have been in music pretty much all of your life. When did you realize that composing for voice technology and the concept of sonic branding was a thing and that you could be a part of it? Well, it's kind of a two-parter. I think back in, I think it was like 2009 or 2008, something like that, I started getting into production music which is just writing for a bunch of libraries. And sometimes you have a brief on what you want to do, but mainly it's just like writing in a style or a genre or something that you see really, really big on TV. So for example, at that time, dramedy was a really big thing. So like think Desperate Housewives, like that kind of music. So people were just trying to write as much as they could. Well, somewhere along the line, my connection in one of the music libraries had a connection to Harpo Productions, which is the production company for Oprah, amongst other things. But anyways, they were looking for a new sound logo for their visual representation, their like motion graphics animation of the Harpo logo. They're looking for like five seconds of music. And my connection gave me an opportunity to actually submit something to it. I was like, wow, that's really cool. And I was pretty new even to this production game and everything, but I tried it. And I wrote three examples. They liked one of them. And of there's a couple hundred people that submitted to it. It was mine and four others that they liked the best. And she ended up going with someone else that she said that mine sounded too masculine. That one didn't work out, but that was the first time that I had ever thought of writing that small snippet of music. It was always a song. It was always like, at first it was lyrics and all of that. So it was like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, you know, that sort of thing. And then after that, it was just writing in a style instrumental. And then all of a sudden this option of like writing this really small snippet of music that was very instrumental to the product that came available to me. Yeah, so I thought that that was really cool, but, you know, nothing came of it. I didn't really think very much of it. And then flash forward almost like eight years, seven or eight years later or something, someone reached out to me on LinkedIn, ironically, and said that they needed a piece of music or functional sound, basically, for their piece of hardware where they push the button for someone to ask the piece of hardware a question and they needed a startup sound. And so I wrote out several ideas for them and sent it over and they liked it. And it was a second and a half music and it was my biggest payout I'd ever received. So I was like, hmm, I wonder if there's something to this. And so somewhere along the line, I got into marketing and advertising, like starting to research and stuff for um, my company, which is an audio and a video production company, Stage Home Entertainment. I started 
getting into the world of marketing and being fascinated by how you can evoke attention and emotion through whatever you're presenting. And so somewhere along the line between figuring out how you can evoke this kind of emotion in marketing through visual style, I realized it would apply for sound as well. And then I was like, just so shocked that this wasn't being more highly used. People are so insanely obsessed with what their visual representation is. And they're almost completely ignoring what they sound like. And we all sound like something. And that's kind of how I got into it. It's kind of a long-winded way of putting it. But yeah, it started in music. And then it turned into a love for marketing and advertising, figuring out how things tick, and then making the connection between music and marketing. Well, first off, that's a really interesting story. And I think you being one of the top four people for even that Harpo opportunity says a lot about your level, your ability, what you can do, and also your excitement because you've been in this for so long. Now, this idea of sonic branding, I feel like this word sonic branding is fairly new for a lot of businesses. They might have heard of it, but they don't really get what it means. How do you define sonic brand and why do you think it's important? Yeah, it is a, a fairly new term and I even set like a Google alert on my email so that it would actually update me when people were talking about it and I don't get a lot of them. So that just shows how new it is. But sonic branding and sound identity, sound branding, all of that basically just means that you're finding a way to represent the sounds you put out in a cohesive way. So you're not just going into like, for instance, a production library, a music library, and choosing a song that you like, you know, that's fun or it's catchy. It's more than just like finding a catchy tone or, you know, something that the CEO of your company likes. That's not what it's about. So you can still go to these libraries, but you need to have a foundational understanding of what you want to represent before you choose anything. Sonic identity can be a lot of things. For some companies, you know, they go in and they create a truly custom sound and they branch off of that. Maybe they have like a custom library created for them for, you know, those people with the big budget. For some people, it's as little as just kind of talking through what it is that they feel their company represents and finding music that goes with it. So you have, uh, I don't know, like a, a skater company, you know, you've got roller skates and skateboards and like all of this stuff and everything like that. You're probably going to tend towards more of like maybe a goth sound or hip hop or rock or something like that. You're probably not going to choose Bach or Mozart for the music that you would put into your marketing campaigns or something in your YouTube video advertising what you are. So it can be as simple as that. Just choosing a genre to avoid or to focus on. Yeah. And I think it's important that you're talking about not just choosing from like a general library, because I think, you know, if maybe you're starting out or you're doing something as a side project and it's small, maybe it's not a big deal to kind of choose a song that anyone else can use. But if your company is growing and you're doing more and you have the same sound as somebody else, it kind of doesn't really get someone to resonate with your brand. So I do think it's important, like you're saying, people have a very specific sound that's unique to them and different from other brands and other companies that are surrounding them. 
Can you give a little bit of maybe some examples of where and how a business or a brand could use music and sound effectively? You know, on this show, we talk a lot about voice technology, but can you kind of give just many different ways that people can use sound? Oh gosh, there's so many. And it all depends on like how grandiose you want to go or how small you want to go. Because I mean, in grandiose terms, you could have music for one term is functional sound or ear cons, which are basically like, you know, like if you have a piece of hardware and it's a startup sound, that would be a functional sound. Or, you know, like even the sounds when you're dialing on a phone, those are functional sounds. So you could go as obscure as that, I guess you could say. You could have walk-on, walk-off music for someone that's doing a lot of presenting or a public speaker. You could have, you know, for the beginning of a podcast, you have a logo, you have intro, outro music, you have transition music. You could have it on like a video campaign presenting your company. You could have it on a commercial. You could have it on just on your website looping. There's so many different options that you can do. And we're just talking about music. There's other ways to do this where it is sound. And that's the cool part about sonic branding, in my opinion, is people sometimes even limit themselves to a tonal song. And it doesn't have to be that. Like if you think about Aflac, one of their staple sonic brandings is the duck saying Aflac. That's a sonic branding. It doesn't have to be a song. It doesn't have to be tonal. It's catchy and it's a sound. Yeah, I think there's a lot more creativity here than people might realize. And especially with voice technology, you know, kind of the normal thing is you have Alexa, Google Assistant, Samsung, Bixby, whatever, having that kind of computerized voice. But you can also use your own voice and you can use your own sound and really kind of create this experience when someone is interacting with a voice skill or voice technology. How should a brand maybe go about deciding what it should sound like? Like, what are some questions they should be asking themselves of where to start? I've been thinking about that a lot. And I think that at this point, because this is so brand new to people, and I think that it's daunting if they think to sit down and decide what do they sound like? Well, most people don't even think about what they sound like. So that part is a little bit more obscure for somebody that isn't focused in that niche environment. So if you weren't to hire someone to consult with you first, I would say the best first step is what don't you want to sound like? You know, find things that don't represent you and start checking those off of the list. I think that that would be the easiest way to start. And maybe even from that, you might come up with some things that do represent you. But it just kind of takes you out of your normal space and puts you into like this more abstract thinking and it gets the ball started. And if they can't get any further than that, then there's there are people out there that can consult even going in and talking to a composer, you might actually get some feedback from them if they say, I'm not this, or I really think that this, you know, maybe this visual commercial represents me very well. They might be able to go in there and go, well, this kind of has the attitude of this. But I think the main thing is you can't rush something like this. This is something that you have to sit on and really think about. For example, I don't have a sonic identity yet. And I really want to, but I'm still kind of sitting on it and, and figuring out what it is that I sound like. Yeah, it definitely takes time. I think, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge component of branding in general, but it does. It takes time to kind of do something to see where you're at. And I like what you're saying. Sometimes it's helpful to start with what you don't want to sound like because then you can kind of push those things aside. I'm curious because, like I said, you've been in music for a really long time. Can you bring any just science or, or any thoughts on what music and sound does to our brain and body as a whole? 
I think that we're more aware of the connection between our emotions and music than we really think about day to day. But if you think about the way that you're affected by a song that really grabs you, or even if it doesn't grab you, but it has attached to a memory in your past. Like I was telling something the other, somebody the other day, whenever I hear Smashing Pumpkins 1979, I'm instantly transported back to high school in the back seat of my friend's car. And he's driving down the road, summer day, driving way too fast. And we're off to some adventure or whatever. And that will always be the case. I will always think of that experience when I hear that song. And there's tons more that I have that going on for me as well. But another example is, this is something that I really want to delve more into for my podcast and everything too. But sound is one of the first things that we register, even before we're born. You know, we're listening to the sounds of outside of our, our mother's bodies, you know. We hear her heartbeat. We hear her talking. We hear family and friends talking. We probably hear birds. There's rhythms and sounds that we're experiencing before we even come into this world. And that is so powerful. And it's something really to be explored more and more. Like how, why is it that sound is so much more powerful even before birth than any of the other senses? And I find that very exciting because there's a lot that hasn't been discovered yet. And so it just makes sense to me that sound would play a very strong part in our lives, our purchase power, our entertainment. It already does. I couldn't agree more. I feel the same way when I hear certain music or certain songs. I definitely resonate to a specific person or memory or experience or even a brand itself. You know, Affleck was a great example that you gave because it doesn't have to be music. It could just be a particular sound. When you are working with a client, you know, can you just give us a little bit of an idea of what your process is like in helping them discover their sonic brand and also how you kind of start to create something for them? I would say it would be different for everybody. I've worked more exclusively with people that are just trying this out. So it's a lot of experimentation on both fronts because we're all kind of making this up as we go, (laughs) to be honest. I have the knowledge behind me, but there's no tried and true formula to figure this out. You can't apply the same formula to a small company that makes t-shirts as to a lifestyle brand that's traded globally. It just doesn't go together. So it's another part of the process that takes a while because in a certain respect, you're kind of starting from square one for each project. You may have some foundational things that you can repeat. But you really just have to sit down and extract from this person's brain what it is that they're thinking because they're not thinking of the right things yet. And that's fine because this is a brand new idea. So, you know, talking about listening to their competition and seeing if their competition has a sound, what do they like about their competition sound? What do they not like about their competition sound? And that's when the smaller companies can look at the bigger companies for reference because they actually have had the budget to do this. They've had the time and the resources to put into this to see what works for them. So the long and the short of it is the process is different every single time. I think one of the big factors also for me is I need to understand that brand. I need to have a an appreciation for that brand. And I think that as people begin to talk to me and like kind of I extract things out of them, one of the things that comes is the passion. And that's exciting. And I get to partner alongside somebody 
and get excited and passionate with them and be a part of it. Because ultimately, I want this to be their brainchild because it's their company and all that stuff. But I am a part of it. And that's really exciting to be able to create something with a company to help complete them in one way or another. Now, is there a specific voice skill or flash briefing or podcast that you think does sonic branding really well that maybe if somebody is not fully understanding all of it, they could go and listen to something and really see how well it works? Yeah, I think that the best example would be an actual, an industry example. So this is a new world to a lot of people, but it's actually not as new to insurance companies. So if you think of insurance companies, most likely you will think of their sonic branding. So you've got Nationwide, you've got Allstate, you've got State Farm. I'm not going to sing any of these, but you've got all of these different, you've got all of these different representations. And I was just having lunch with somebody the other day and he was stating this, this is where it came from, but they, they know that if there's a new insurance company that comes to town, that company knows they have to pay attention to their sonic branding. They have to because their competition is already on it. They already have their representation and you're already humming their lyrics or their tune. So if a new insurance company comes into the mix and they don't have that, they are going to be obscure in one way or another. Like they're, they're not going to be as highly noted as the other ones that are out there because they have that connection. There's something about sound and music that like draws us in and gives that sincerity that we're like, that we're waiting for. And, and I know that that's kind of an abstract thought, but I feel like music and sound completes us. We have a visual stimulation that happens, but there's something guttural that happens when a sound gets into us and it kind of takes root. And it's hard to get rid of that feeling and that interpretation of what's going on. And that's why this is so hard because we're talking emotional level and everyone is affected differently emotionally. Yeah, that's why this world is new and not new and constantly being evolved and refigured out. And it's just a very, very exciting time to see what people are doing because they're experimenting right now. And that's what they should be doing in this time of evolution and this like sound revolution is kind of what I'm thinking of it as. During this time of sound revolution, they're experimenting, they're trying things, they're seeing what works, they're seeing what doesn't, and they move on and they try something different. And there's just some really cool things that are resulting because of it. So if people want to learn more about you or work with you, or even if somebody's listening and they're a composer themselves mm -hmm. and wondering how to get into all of this, where can they learn more and connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on my website, dreamerproductions.com, and that's D-R-E-A-M-R productions.com, or they can email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, -N -N -A, at dreamerproductions.com. I'm also very active on LinkedIn, um, so if you search for Gina Isham, I-S-H-A-M, you'll find me. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Gina, for sharing this insight especially for people that maybe aren't really clear on what sonic branding is and for even people who want to maybe get into this type of business. So I greatly appreciate you being here. Thank you. And just to add also, and you can find this on my website, but I also have a podcast called Sound in Marketing and it's very much the educational 
element of it. So whether you're a brand, you're a marketer, you're just interested in sound, I kind of touch on all points in this podcast. So it's called Sound in Marketing. You can find it on my website, also on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher, all of the main players. Perfect. Thank you so much, Gina. Thank you, Terry. Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, feel free to send us an email at kerry at modev.com. That's K-E-R-I at M-O-D-E-V.com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you. And we look forward to chatting with you next week.